Hello, and welcome to my animated life. I am Declan Megan. I am a sophomore here at Indiana University Bloomington, and I am studying cinematic arts right now. So here in this podcast, if for those who haven't been caught up with me so far or haven't seen the first episode, I mainly review or discuss animated movies, shows, shorts, whatever, uh, just talking about animation and what makes it so special as a medium. And uh, originally, this episode was supposed to have my special guest, but uh, she said recently that she is very busy again, so uh, work's ramping up, but I, I she still wants to do it, so... Uh, Let's just say it's up in the air right now, but we will have her on soon. So in place of one topic I was going to review with her, uh, I'm going to be discussing something that's also, that was also released by DreamWorks. And this is our first movie topic, uh, which is interesting. The last few shows have been about shows, so this will be fun. And that show, uh, movie is last year's... The Bad Guys, made by DreamWorks Animation, and uh, that is one of their first—well, not one of their first, but, like, one of their newest original—well, adaption IPs they've made since, uh, let me think, when was the last original IP thing they made? It must have been a while ago, uh— yeah, it must have been a while ago. I don't remember. Uh, the closest thing that comes to the top of my head is uh, their adaption of Happy Smack Day, which was home. That's the one that comes to my mind right now. <laughs> Weird, I know. Anyway, uh, let's get started by discussing these creatives. And we're going to highlight two people of importance. There are a lot more people involved with the production of a movie. But the main two I want to focus on is where the story began and who was highlighting the project. So the first creative is the author himself, Aaron Blabby. If for you guys who don't know, Aaron Blabby is a children's a children illustrator and uh, writer for many children picture books and he's currently working at Scholastic. So, uh, as I mentioned, Aaron is the author of the book series that inspired the film. He was born on January 1st, 1974 in Australia. Not much known, uh, when I was looking him, him into him earlier this morning, I had found nothing about his childhood, so we can just breeze past it. But one thing he did before he got into writing books is he got into acting during the 90s and the 2000s. He was a, a part of many theatrical productions, like as in like plays and whatnot, which gave him one award for being the main lead. And he was later nominated for a guest starring role in the 2000 show Stingers. I think that's an Australian show. Uh, you guys can look into it. I I've had to rush this one. Uh, so yeah, that you can look into Stingers. After his acting career, he went on to make uh, art. 
uh, he created six solo exhibits all around Australia that uh, I think was very successful. People wanted to see him. And uh, he then used that experience in making those exhibits to go into making picture books for children. Before he was with Scholastic, he was a freelance uh, a freelance book design, uh, creative. So his first book he made was called Pearl Barley and Charlie Barley. If uh, there's a lot of Australian slang here, so if I offend any Australians, I am very sorry. I'm trying my best here. Which uh, that book got a lot of award recognition and was put into the notable book list made by the Smithsonian Institution. He also uh, uh, he also did create other things before Scholastic, including Sunday Chutney, Stanley Paste, and a Dreadful Fluff. He also, uh, before Scholastic, he also made an adult book called Babies Don't Suck, which was a guideline for new fathers struggling with being a f- new f- parent for their kids. Before his signature hits, uh, this was his last freelance art uh, book he made, The Brothers Quibble. That was released uh, in 2015, and it had 500,000 children read it. Uh, That was highlighted in May 2015. He then signed a three-book deal with Scholastic, specifically the Scholastic in Australia. His first book he published for them was a story called Pig the Pug, a humorous tale of a mean-spirited pug getting into arguments with his friends. And uh, I think that's why people love Aaron Blabby so much. He was not afraid to make these uh, very humorous but very... uh, mean and aggressive children's characters and I think that's why this is a story that was able to become a nine installment book series for Scholastic with that last installment being released last year he then the other book he created for Scholastic was uh, Thelma the Unicorn this one was another one of those uh weirdo Australian stories. This is a story about a pony who dreams of becoming a unicorn. Yes, that is real. It's a real book. And ironically, it did so well that it spawned a sequel, which uh, was a million dollar sold. It was it sold a million copies. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh that this one uh this story is also getting adapted into a movie. Right now it's being adapted on Netflix. This will be directed by someone I think everybody loves, Jared Hess, who worked on movies like Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. So expect some uh dry humor for Thelma the Unicorn coming out, I believe next year. He also he then also created the third book in his uh, contract, which is called Piranhas Don't Eat Bananas. This is about a piranha who eats bananas and is in love with the fruit, which is to the confusion of his uh, piranha friends who see him as an outcast. And he's like, they're like, dude, what the hell? Just eat 
just eat humans. Don't eat bananas. It's weird. Anyway, after making those three stories, which was, uh, let me recap, Pig the Pug, Selma the Unicorn, and Piranhas Don't Eat Bananas, he then created The Bad Guys in 2015, which was a massive best-selling hit for Scholastic. It, uh, I believe it made the New York best time, uh, bestseller stuff. Which, this, uh, for those who don't know, this is a story about... Creepy animals who are basically predators trying to go good and uh, it just was very cheeky and uh, had very cheeky Australian humor, mean spirited. And uh, I must say, looking at the pages, it had a very unique art style that resonates with so many kids. The book taught them that anyone can be good if they put in the effort. The ser- I believe the series is still going to on to this day and is an award and money magnet, uh, which leads into the movie. The rights were bought by DreamWorks in 2018, and we will get to that after we learn a little bit about the director himself. And that director is, sorry if I screwed his name up, Pierre Perfiel. He is French. As, yeah, as his name suggests, he was born in Lyon, France. His animation love began in high school, where he applied for Goblin's L'Ecole de l'Hommage, which he got into. I believe that's a school in France. Uh... If I, uh, I believe it is a school in France. Uh, he then created many student short films that, uh, while he was there with a lot of his class peers. These include a swell plan, Festival Qualité, and his thesis film, Le Building, spelled Le Building, combined with that short film thesis combined 2D and 3D animation styles, which also led Le Building to get a lot of student awards for undergrads and whatnot. It would, that thesis film would set Pierre on his prolific career. Before DreamWorks, he worked as a freelancer, going back and forth from project to project. Some of that, some of that stuff include Curious George, the uh, the uh, the late two thousands one that had Will Ferrell in it. Uh, that was very beautifully hand drawn and had those really good songs. Yeah, I like them. Those songs fight me. He also went on to uh be someone who worked on Nactuma, Go West, A Lucky Luke Adventure. He also was involved with the Oscar-nominated The Illusionist. He also served as a supervisor of animation for Imago, which was an animated French short film. After his freelance career, he then joined DreamWorks, where he started working on animation for the Kung Fu Panda direct-to-DVD short that came with the Blu-ray and whatnot, Secrets of the Furious Five, which uh, was that short film in 2D that that went into the origins of the Furious Five, and uh, that gave him a lot of Annie Award recognition. 
he, after working on a 2D short, he then worked on a bunch of CGI animated films, and those include Monsters vs. Aliens and Shrek Forever After. And then, again, he returned to 2D animated segments where he worked on the 2D scenes from Kung Fu Panda 2. He also served as a lead animator on the villain of the film, Lord Shen, the peacock voiced by Gary Oldman. He then got his first supervision, uh, supervisor animation role for Rise of the Guardians, where he led his team in, on animating that version, Santa Claus, known as North, played by Alec Baldwin. That gave him also an Annie Award nomination. He then was a head of animation for DreamWorks movies that never saw the light of day. Those movies include their Bollywood genre parody film, Monkeys of Mumbai, which was a, uh, like, it was a parody of uh, Bollywood Hindu Hindu movie uh the movie that movie genre like RRR and that was going to take some Hindu mythology and adapt it for an animated movie and then the other one was is probably well known it was an original musical that was going to be set in the Australian outback called Larrikins that movie had a lot more uh revealed about it it was uh it was a musical that had songs made by uh the guy who went on to make the matilda musical and that one was going to be about a bilby moving out of his home and going on an adventure with a wolverine kangaroo and running into the some coyotes voiced by margot robbie and uh well, one coyote voiced by Margot Robbie and also, like, some other creatures in the movie. I know they had a bunch of other Australian actors besides uh, Hugh Jackman and Margot Robbie. They had Issa Rae and—wait, uh, no, not Issa Rae. Isla Fisher or uh, Dee Bradley Baker. It was— yeah, it's a very Australian movie. Even the title, Larrikins, is Australian Australian slain, I believe. Anyway, uh, tangent. after that tangent, he then went on to make uh, more short films, which uh, that, would, that would lead into DreamWorks making that short film program where uh, they, they would release short films for, like, awards and whatnot and their this their their first short film was a compromise between those who worked on larrikins uh and that short film was bilby which uh that one was using the models and assets from the canceled movie larrikins and uh making a short film about a about the bilby the main character of that movie uh i believe his name is perry trying to protect this uh this bird thing from the hazardous world uh dangers that reside in the outback and that one was a very cool movie that uh, short film that kind of shows that 
they sh- they should have made Larkins in the first place. If you guys want to look into it, uh, there are animated uh, segments that are out there and like test animations and whatnot and character designs. It is a very interesting story. A lot of the DreamWorks canceled movies are interesting to look into. After Bilby, he's, uh, Pierre served as the director of The Bad Guys, which is our t- the topic for today. Anyway, after uh, going into that whole tangent about those creatives, we're now actually going to get into the animated movie. But this is what the show is about. We try to get into the creatives and try to get into their head, what they what inspired them and whatnot. So... I think it is important to get into the cre- uh, main creatives. Anyway, uh, let's start with the development of the bad guys. The film started as being opted by DreamWorks and many other studios as uh, as their uh, as a subsequent big book adaption in 2017. Like, I believe I heard somewhere, like, in 2017 or 2016 about this story called The Bad Guys trying uh, to—that got everybody's attention, and DreamWorks was the frontrunner for it. And I'm like, okay, what is this about? Anyway, in 2018, DreamWorks won the rights to create the movie adaption. The writer writer of the the movie would be— Eaton Cohen. For those who don't know Eaton Cohen, he worked with DreamWorks before. He worked on Madagascar Escape to Africa as one of the writers, but he also, uh, before working with DreamWorks and uh, and making the Holmes and Watson movie, he was a writer on the Mike Judge shows Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. He, uh, I believe he also did some other DreamWorks stuff. He was a writer for Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which also is a really good movie. You should look into that. He was hired to write the movie screenplay for the bad guys. Uh, Creatives of DreamWorks promised that this will be their return to their genre parody films after uh, losing the chance to make uh, their Bollywood parody movie, Monkeys of Mumbai. Those parody movies they highlighted included their fairy tale parody, of course, Shrek, and their kung fu parody, which was Kung Fu Panda. One they didn't highlight, I think, counts as a parody, is Monsters vs. Aliens, where that's a monster, a B monster movie parody, where they have weirdo universal like creatures, like the like the missing link looking like something out of the creature at the Black Lagoon, or taking. The story of the fly and putting it into a cockroach, cockroach t- creature, or there was the blob. I believe is like a, or like the, the shoot. I'm getting sidetracked, but uh, the giant moth thing that was based on like Godzilla and whatnot. So like those. They're known for their genre parody movies, and they made a lot of them. And uh, the bad guys was going to be their return to that. The recent experimental animation craze started by the Spider-Verse movie inspired the animation style of this movie. Taking 2D elements, uh, they wanted to take 2D elements in that case, uh, and they wanted to use the style of, uh, I believe, the Lupin the third comic 
book, uh, the manga of Lupin the Third, and take the show uh, Lupin the Third as gospel. And for those. Uh, Fun fact, the Lupin the Third uh, movie uh, stuff that was animated, that was done by a young Hayao Miyazaki, a.k.a. Just the man who doesn't ever retire, clearly. Uh, anyway, he, uh, the other inspirations this uh, movie had included the uh, George Clooney-led Ocean's Eleven. They even shout out his name in The Bad Guys because George Clooney was in Ocean's Eleven and kind of inspired the main lead, who I'll get into. They also were inspired by Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs uh, in Pulp Fiction, both Quentin Tarantino movies. They were inspired by Heat and then the two French movies, uh, Luc Besson's The Fifth Element and the animated uh, French movie that got a lot of attention named Ernest and Celestine. And uh, the director of that movie is going to be making this year's Migration which is Illumination's next original IP. And I'm looking forward to that because, again, it's a director who worked on Ernest and Celestine, and that's a very charming movie. Anyway, most animation was done in-house uh, in DreamWorks, but relied on their uh, sort of separate studio known as Jellyfish Productions, who worked on, like, Boss Baby 2... And uh, Spirit Untamed, they used them to recreate 2D assets for the bad guys. Anyway, the cast and the characters, let's start with that. So the, the highlighters are Sam Rockwell and Mark Marin. Sam Rockwell, you know him as... Uh, the villain, not the villain. Uh, he was in Jojo Rabbit, and he was in F is for Family, and... A bunch of other things, but he's also he was also in Iron Man Two playing uh, Justin Hammer, I believe. But uh, Sam Rockwell played Miss plays Mister Wolf, basically that main headliner who has the very George Clooney dra- uh, costume, speaks like George Clooney, has the charm, and all that jazz. Mark Marin from Glow, uh, he played Mr. Snake, who, uh, besides bringing his uh, signature uh, raspy and grouchy voice, he uh, plays the safe cracker of the team, and he's dressed up like Johnny Depp from It's All uh, Fewer and Loathing in Las Vegas. He has a Hawaiian shirt, the hat, and uh, it's very uh, cute, uh, very homage and uh that character i think is uh i think that that character kind of proves that mark Marin kind of has become one of my favorite actors because he brings a lot of uh comedy a lot of emotion and it sucks that his last animated movie he did was playing lex luther in dc league of super pets because he can do a lot Next up is probably someone you may know, Craig Robinson, a prolific African-American comedian. He was in Shrek Forever After. He's a Seth Rogen friend, so he was in Sausage Party, This Is The End, and a lot of other things, I believe. He played Miss, plays Mr. Shark, basically the big boy uh, disguised man of the group, and 
just is just an actor in general. Aquafina, recent chi- uh, uh, Asian American a- uh, act, uh, interesting actress. She was in. Uh, I don't think she was in Crazy Rich Asians, but she was like in Raya and the Last Dragon. She was in Ocean's Eight, which was the prequel to Ocean. Well, not a prequel. I think it was a sequel. I don't know the all female Ocean's Eleven movie, and she was also in The Farewell. Aquafina's Nora from Queens, and so on and so forth. But she plays Miss Tarantula, who's like the hacker, which is kind of ironic because Aquafina also played a hacker in Ocean's 8. Basically, it's her character from Ocean's 8 is what I'm trying to say here. And if you've seen the all-female Ocean's movie, you'll probably get the gist of who her character was in that movie. Anyway, next up is Anthony Ramos. For those who don't know him, he played Philip and uh, James Monroe in Hamilton. Uh, he also played Uznavi in in the Heights, the movie adaptation. Please, also he was recently the main head of uh, the Transformers, the new Transformers movie as Noah, I believe. Yeah, Noah. And then uh, he also, I believe, was also in Dumb Money recently. Good movie. He plays Mr. Piranha, basically the wild card, just the psycho of the group. And uh, he also has a great singing voice because it's Anthony Ramos. We love him. And then the secondary characters. Uh, The first one is Lily Singh. You may know her as... I Superwoman, I don't remember her YouTube channel, but she's basically she started on YouTube and then now she had she had her own talk show and now she's a great actress. She was in the recent Muppet show, uh, the Electric Mayhem show. She was amazing in that. I loved her. But she also uh, was in the bad guy. She played uh the news reporter Tiffany Flufit, uh, who in the book I believe is a cat, but in this one they made her a human, so whatever. And then there's also Richard Ayodade, who uh, who was also recently in a bunch of Roald Dahl, Wes Anderson short films, but he's also a prolific British comedian. He was in, I believe, Silicon Valley, and also. Uh, he was also Onion in Apple and Onion, a, a very unknown Cartoon Network show that ran for two seasons. Lastly, there's sort of newcomer Zazie Beats, who was uh, Domino and Deadpool 2 and also was in Geostorm for whatever reason. And she also played the uh, quote-unquote love interest in the Joker movie. And she played Diane Foxington, who I believe in the book is kind of a combination of two characters. One, uh, it's a whole thing. It, the book series is crazy. Literally, the vil, the the uh, well, no, I sh- whatever. It's out there. People, I, I'm sure people have seen this movie. Uh, the character Richard Ayodade played, I'm sorry, I forgot, as Professor Marmalade, the goody two-shoes uh, hamster, but in the book, he's the villain, and basically it was later revealed that he's an alien from space, so basically the bad guys have to go in space and fight him as an alien, so I could definitely probably see that come back in some reason. 
And uh, going back to Zazie Beetz's character, she, I believe, is a combination of two characters. And the stories in those books are very, very uh, weird. I'll say weird. Anyway, release and reception. The movie came out on April 22nd, 2022. The movie made $250.7 million worldwide, which which majorly outgrossed their uh, $70 million production budget, which I believe they did it triple fold because if it was because triple fold would mean actually hold on 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 21, 21. Yeah. Okay. 21. Yeah, so it would, it would do the uh, threefold, three times the budget. Sorry, I'm not math. I don't do math. Anyway, uh, everybody loved the movie, calling it a movie that kids, teens, and adults can enjoy. Kids enjoyed it because it adapted one of their favorite book series in a significant way. I actually read somewhere in the comments on a review that one of their te- uh, a teacher was watching a review and she's like, my, ki- my kids in my class can't stop talking about it, so they're pretty excited about it. So that probably means that kids were excited to see their uh, another book adaption be faithfully adapted. It all... But it it also paved way for them to uh, the DreamWorks movie introduced them to the heist movie, but in a very light and heart way, uh, heartfelt way. Teens and adults appreciate the genre parody. I believe uh, when I went to go see it last year. Uh, I did not expect the opening segment to open up with a uh, diner scene that was all one take. That was very Quentin Tarantino of them. And some of those scenes pulling references in the style of Ocean's Eleven for some scenarios. There's a lot of heist stuff in that movie where uh, there's like a lot of edits and a lot of interesting slow-mos that definitely pay homage to a lot of heist movies. Anyway, uh, as as successful as it is, it did it does lead the way for franchise potential. Later this year, a holiday special that serves as a prequel will be released on Netflix. This special will be called "The Bad Guys: A Very Bad Holiday." And uh, take this with a grain of salt. I saw this on Twitter from someone reliable on anything DreamWorks related. He got the. Uh, there is a th- uh, in, uh, another animated movie announced by DreamWorks that's coming out in September of next year that he's been talking about for a while called The Wild Robot, which is another adaption of a book. But he said that's happening, that's happening, that's happening, that's happening. And it was announced that it's happening. So I believe this source, uh, he, he is reliable, but... Still take it with a grain of salt. On LinkedIn, an animator who's working on a movie leaked that they are involved with a sequel that is currently in production. So there may be a sequel in works. Again, take it with a grain of salt. 
But uh, recently, DreamWorks also said they have an entitled sequel set for 2025, which is what the the leak said about the bad guys too. It was going to release in 2025, along with. Uh, their next Dave Pilkey adaption, Dogman, which uh, if you don't know Dave Pilkey, he did Captain Underpants. And this one is supposed to be their other adaption for their his other successful series, Dogman. Anyway, 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 let's uh, talk about why I like this movie. I love their, the the genre parody DreamWorks movies. They have a lot of effort to make uh, to show from these creatives that they want to parody them stuff. Like with Shrek, they have a bite, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, we respect this uh, this genre, and we want to make sure we parry it, parry it, but at the same time, like, still show why it's a great genre so there's a lot of stuff uh there's a lot of cool scenes in this movie that felt very homage of uh trying to be parodies of certain heist movies like uh i already mentioned the opening scene between mr wolf and mr snake is like a one-to-one recreation of of the diner scene between Bruce Willis uh, with Bruce Willis and from Pulp Fiction, which then leads into a smooth singular camera one take from a bank heist, which leads into a car chase that definitely feels like it came out of uh, Edgar Wright's movie Baby Driver, one of my favorite movies. Uh, Very electric, very exciting, very cool. The only thing it has that makes it horrible is Kevin Spacey's in it. So if you don't like Kevin Spacey, probably dodge Baby Driver, but I do, I will say... You are missing out on one great film. Anyway, uh, this is where my script ends, so I'm going to start spitballing here. Uh, I also really like how the animation style is uh, very inspired by Spider-Verse. Recently, a lot of animated uh, media has been trying to experiment with character design and movement and set locations like there's obviously those movies like elemental that still remain realistically 3d but like have a sense of creation and whatnot but like the bad guys has like a lot of anime and french influences and i believe one comment pierre said is realism has been reached with the remake of the lion king movie and basically animators are like well now what what are we supposed to do now and so when spider-verse came out animators like well shoot People are going back to making interesting animation styles with 2D, and I want a piece of that. So then there's movies like the new TMNT, Bad Guys, Puss in Boots, and Wish, and Del Toro's Pinocchio, where they're like, hey, we like stylization. Let's do this. This is fun. This is exciting. And that has breath breathed new light into animation being exciting and cool and flashy and interesting. And recently, 
the last year and this year definitely have some contenders for stylization being really cool and bad guys isn't that is no exception to that i also really like the theme that they were trying to talk about it it's very uh a basic theme if you have teeth and claws uh don't judge a book by its cover like they might be predator animal these animals might be predatory but at the same time they're like they're they they have emotions and feelings that they may want to be good they don't want to be a set of heist people anymore they want to be loved by the people and be interested in turning over a new leaf and i know it's a very cliche story with that but i believe they handled it in such a touching way in this movie that definitely highlights the importance of that theme and it definitely is uh highlighted excitingly in such a flashy interesting way that uh other movies can't really do so I don't really want to stay for long. Uh, I have really nothing else to say. Uh, I guess this might be the end. Uh, I don't know what we're going to review next week. I'm going to play it by ear. So just uh, stay in mind that my anime life is going to get even more crazy with uh, time. So uh, this is Declan Mangan, and you have just peaked again at my animated life.